0: Hey there, Believers. I wanted to give everybody an update about how things are going. Um, First, I want to thank everybody for all the love, all the support and prayers, um, the messages, the gifts. It's been unreal, the outpouring of love that I've been feeling from you guys, and it means the world to me. Um, This episode is going to release on the 2nd of February. I'm recording this right now, the day before. Okay, so this is the first of February. As of today, um, I'll be going back to work next week. I'm feeling a lot better. Um, Still a little bit weak, but you know, that's just something for me to push through. That's okay. Um, My dad is in the hospital still right now. Uh, His oxygen levels, they're having a really hard time getting them back up. So keep the prayers coming for dad, okay? um but we're in good spirits um it's just been it's been wonderful hearing from everybody and i really appreciate you all so this episode um again it's pre-recorded i recorded it before i, I had you know got to go to the hospital and all that kind of stuff so it's been it's been waiting for probably close to 3 weeks since I recorded it to the time that it's going to get posted. Um, We have new episodes coming, I hope. Um, It might take me a week or two to get on track, because right now I'm scrambling to get episodes ready for next week. So if you guys have any experiences or encounters that you'd like to share, please email me. It's uh, thebumppodcast at gmail.com. And uh, we'll get back on track, okay? And we'll start next week. We'll try to start doing YouTube uh, episodes and stuff like that again. And uh, just get back into the groove, all right? Things, Things threw us off, but it didn't stop, okay? All right, I love you guys. Hey there, Believers. I got another fun, exciting episode for you today. But again, for you today, this episode is going to have to stay anonymous as far as the, uh, the guest. Uh, they have a lot of stuff they want to disclose, they want to talk about, but anonymity is crucial. So we're going to keep it. We'll keep that under wraps. You know, I, I respect that. I don't want anybody feeling like they might get called out or identified if they don't want to be. So um, great content. This is a good episode, um, spooky. If you're, if it's been a while since you've been scared on this show, this one might do it for you, man. It's a good one. Um, but we'll, we'll let him come on here and talk, say what he wants to say. But if there's just a static display on YouTube again this week, uh, you know, just the cover art or whatever, that's why. Um, I'm not, I'm not trying to deny you guys videos or anything like that. It's just some, some of the people I talk to are in certain lines of work that they cannot have their identity revealed. So there you have it. Um, while we wait, I want to go ahead and let you guys know that we are about halfway to, to a thousand on YouTube. I appreciate that. Um, I think I just hit the 500 mark. Uh, big thank you again to Sam Tripoli and the guys at 10 foil hat podcast for putting me on their show. Um, My listenership has doubled, you know, and I'm eternally grateful Um, because of the the lack of sponsors and stuff. Everything that comes through this show, um, as far as financial gain or anything like that, is only done through Patreon right now. So if you want to support the show, I appreciate it. I'm not asking you to come on there and support the show. I'm not doing it just for that. Um, But, you know. I love it when you do, (laughs) you know, it helps me out. I put a lot of time, a lot of money, a lot of effort into this. So any support is greatly appreciated. There's five tier levels to choose from on Patreon. And as far as sponsors go, um, you guys know I do promos for Squatch Survival Gear every week. Um, It's my buddy Chris down in Texas. He's an Army vet, and he has these backpacks, these rucksacks. That will last generations. Um, I just picked up a new one. He mailed it to me the other day. It's the Mothman bag. It's his new one on the line. Uh, it's smaller than the Rock Ape, considerably smaller than the Rock Ape. So it's more of a uh, sensible EDC. I use the Rock Ape for when I'm going on, you know, bushcraft and camping trips. But this Mothman bag, which I'm, I'll be doing promo videos and stuff on it, it'll be all over social media. Um, this Mothman bag is perfect. You know, it's going to be perfect for work, for car emergencies, for urban emergencies, um, day-to-day use. It's going to go on the convention uh, trips with me, um, any kind of work trips I have. This bag is perfect, and it's built just as solid and rugged as that Rock 8 bag. So, like, I'm not worried about it ever tearing up. And it's 100% made in America, every part of it. It's phenomenal. So, just i tell you what, just go to SquatchSurvivalGear.com. Check it out. And if you're interested in any of these bags, use uh, my promo code. It's Bump22. It's a new code for the new year. And it'll save you 10% site-wide off of anything you want to buy. You won't be disappointed. I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Uh, I wouldn't keep going on about it if I didn't love it so much. I've been into bushcraft and camping and hiking and survival and in the military uh, forever. So, I've had, a, had I've had my fair share of bags, okay, with Camelbacks and L.L. Bean, whatever. I've had them custom made. There is nothing I've ever experienced like these packs. So, believe me when I tell you, I, I'm not going to lie to you. You get your money's worth. If you want a pack, an actual pack that you could pass down to your kids or to your grandkids or just for them, or if there's some somebody in your life that you care enough about that you want to make sure that, you know, they have something that's going to take care of them on the worst day of their life, get them this bag, fill it up, throw it in the car. Good to go. That's peace of mind for you. Anyway. um, Awesome episode coming up. I'll quit rambling. I just, I get excited sometimes and I don't have a co-host here to bounce stuff off of. So it's just me talking to myself on this, on this camera. But uh, give me just one second. I'll have him on. Get and start. You might need to give an authorization to record you. I don't know. Okay. He just sent it through. Okay.
1: Um, are, we're recording now? Yep. Should be. All righty. Uh, well, my name is Sean, and uh, I've uh, had a few things in, in my life, I guess, that would be considered uh, otherworldly or supernatural, but... A lot of it, I feel like if if I were to try to pinpoint, it started when I was a really young boy. Uh, I moved from upstate New York uh, to southern Kentucky. It was on a farm there down in uh, Kentucky in uh, the Hart County area. We were pretty close to the Mammoth Cave area. My father worked at the the National Park there. Uh, I, I can't ever recall having any experiences before this. Um, And uh, I didn't know what sleep paralysis was at the time. The internet wasn't what it is now. It was uh, pretty rudimentary. It was dial up. uh, That kind of information wasn't really available to people um, readily. Um, When I was a young boy, I remember uh, reoccurring dream I would have of this um, I don't know whether to call it a woman or uh, a demon I was very religious at that point in my life and uh, I had never like I said heard of sleep paralysis so I didn't know what was going on but it seemed the dreams would always kind of start the same way where I would just Feel the presence of this demonic or evil figure, and um, it would uh, it would almost taunt me and uh, play kind of games with me. I don't know how to describe it. It was very uh, bizarre, mm-hmm. but it um, it started with it actually chasing me through my my boyhood home there in Kentucky. And uh, it would almost play a game with me where I would hide and it would find me. And um, at times it it would be so stressful that I would think I would wake up and I would uh, jerk myself awake and, and I wouldn't be able to move. I would just be in a, in a sweat and a panic state. And as I would lay in my bed, um, I could hear this thing walking around the room and uh i would pray at hoping that uh, it would stop what was happening and i you know i'd say the lord's prayer the prayer the only prayer i knew really at that time of my life and um that thing that entity would lay right beside me in the bed and i could feel the impression and the weight of it laying beside me um, it never spoke to me and never said any words, but it would breathe on the side of my face and I could feel the warm breath of this thing. and I would I would, uh, I would um, have moments where I would think that this uh, was over and um, it would uh, sometimes just breathe on my neck or breathe on the side of my face to where I could feel its presence still there with me. Um, I take, I gotta, I gotta take my son in, in the house. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, you're good, brother.
1: Is it all right? If we stop for a moment.
0: Yeah, we can just pause it right now if you want to. Alrighty. All right. There we go.
1: So it, it always made me, uh, I guess, feel that its presence was there whenever I'd have this sleep paralysis. And a lot of times I would, like I said, I'd say the Lord's Prayer, hoping it would stop or um, go away. And there were times where almost like it played a game with me, I would feel like the event was over. The presence was gone. And when I would open my eyes, I would never see it, but I could feel it breathing on the side of my neck or breathing on the side of my face, just warm breath. And uh, this is going to sound really, (laughs) I mean, it all sounds pretty crazy, but I guess this is the part that um, used to give me just so much stress about going to sleep at night was it it would reach into my body almost like it had the ability to, to penetrate my skin without cutting me open. And i I, it would grab my heart mm. and I would feel the tension in my chest, in my heart. It was like I couldn't. It, it was like I, like my heart couldn't even get a beat, just so much pressure in my chest. And I would just beg for this thing to let go of me. And it was so intense that I had developed a real strong anxiety about going to sleep and um, I couldn't, I didn't want to tell my parents at the time, because, you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to seem like you're scared of the dark, you know, you, my dad, he he worked on a farm, he worked at the National Park, he was a man's man, and I wanted to be like him, so I just kind of kept all this inside, but the stress it was causing me when I was a little boy was just beyond anything I can think of, even until this This day that I've ever experienced Um, and I remember the last incident I had with this thing and I know I'm kind of skipping around because these are really old memories from when I was nine I'm almost 40 now Um, the last time I had this dream I was saying the Lord's Prayer because I knew it was there in the room with me I could hear it getting closer to me and I could I could hear its laughter, almost mocking me and saying the Lord's Prayer and wanting it to go away. And then it just stopped in that moment. And I finally felt like it had gone away, whatever that was, or whatever that sleep paralysis that was happening. And I w- was able to roll over on my side, which had never happened before in any of my experiences with sleep paralysis. And after I rolled over on my side, I was facing my door and I felt this thing behind me lick the bottom of my neck straight to the top of my neck. I don't know how to describe it any other way. Yeah. And pure terror <laughs> is the only thing I can describe is what I felt in that moment. And I just froze up and couldn't move. And just like if you were sleeping with uh, your loved one or a little kid, it wrapped its arm around me and almost cuddled me like a child, like a, like a, I don't know how to describe it. And I just sat there and cried. I never once opened my eyes to look behind me to see what was happening. And I just kept on saying the Lord's prayer and it just stopped and it never happened again that was the the last time and i don't have a a date or anything like that i just know that it just after that event it never happened again and once we moved i never had sleep paralysis again um in my life and it was only in that home in southern kentucky there
0: well let me ask you man um did all of this happen at the age of nine or did you get older and this kept going?
1: No, it all happened at the age of nine. Okay. And then yeah. it all stopped.
0: Cause you know, in your email, when you were talking about this, this female entity, you know, I immediately thought, Oh, it's a succubus. You know, it's like a female demon mm-hmm. and it, you know, but that's usually like a sexual kind of perversion mm-hmm. that they're after, but you being a child, um prepubescent child i don't i don't know uh in your in your dream state were you able to ever see what she looked like or was um the, the female presence so
1: i was able to see what it looked like if i were to try to describe it it's almost it's almost indescribable just because i, I have nothing to compare it to but it um was almost insect like in appearance but it had a woman's face, and by insect-like, I you know, kind of like how an ant's body has that exoskeleton that's like mm. black and shiny, um, and it had wings like you'd imagine, like a, a dragon would have. <laughs> I know, it sounds so crazy. No I don't. And um, and I, all I really remember was the face and just. It had had many arms, but much like that of an insect, and um, it just had a very bizarre quality to it. I, I really wish I had a better explanation, but that's that's what I remember the most. Is it just looked very insect like to me, but with almost a very natural um, feminine face. Yeah, that that
0: sounds so demonic, man. That's just...
1: it, it was. Scary as hell,
0: man. Yeah, it's terrifying. I'm, I'm sorry you had to go through that kind of stuff. But I appreciate you sharing that because that, that's life-altering kind of stuff there, man. And you can feel it, you know, that anxiety and that, that pressure in your heart. So that's – this is the stuff of nightmares, to be honest with you. That's what it, it sounds was,
1: like. It was. Man. I
0: don't think you froze up on me. Are you there? All right, there you are. It froze up for a second. Oh, Oh, you're good. This happens. (laughs) Only get interruptions like this and connections whenever we talk about paranormal stuff, man. I swear, <laughs> that's,
1: uh, that's weird because I'm connected to my my Wi-Fi right now. I mean, I'm in my car, but yeah. I've got all all my bars and stuff. And I don't ever talk about this with anybody yeah. on the phone. I've only told my wife that. Like I said, I just felt crazy to even tell someone that story to even talk about it, but it's stuck with me for so long. I can't ever get that feeling um to go away when i think about it it still gives me a lot of anxiety it's uh something else
0: and when you guys moved this whatever stayed where it was at right um
1: i i i mean it never followed me i never had an experience that was like that afterwards now i did have two experiences in my life One, I had a a witness with, but it had nothing to do with anything like that. Um, What I honestly believe in that area of Kentucky that there's just something about that area. And I, I can't explain it. I cannot explain it, but there's something to do with that area. And that energy is so strong that whatever that was, I believe resides and lives in that area.
0: I th- I think, uh, that Southeastern Kentucky through Southern West Virginia, it's cursed land, man. Uh, Something. It, it's in all of the, you know, folklore. It's in all the stories that have been handed down from native Americans. Uh, they call it the dark and bloody ground. It was more of no, a hunting. Of it. It, it was more of a hunting ground more than it was, uh, a place to settle. And, it's just steeped in ugly scary stories (laughs) you know so yeah man
1: i've heard people you know i've heard people's stories from that area when we lived there not like the one i told you but just other remarkable stories that just seem really hard to believe yeah and uh it's it's something i honestly do believe with that area it's something something else
0: yeah i believe it too a hundred percent um there's just been too much stuff go on. All right, so you got a little bit older, you you moved out, moved away. You had you said you had a couple of other experiences. What what all else well, has happened? Well,
1: I had nothing happen until I was an adult. Okay, I was a full grown man by the time I, I had anything happen to me, and honestly, to to just be straight up with you, I'd lost my faith in God at that point in my life. I became a very, what I would have called at the time, a very logic minded person, very science based person. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I may talk with a bit of a, a Southern draw, but I, I I always believed a lot in science. And I think a lot of it helped me kind of uh, not have to, to think that there was something that happened to me, even as a kid that I, You know, it was easier to just think that that was just a dream.
0: Right.
1: But the other event that took place where I had a witness with me was I was um, I live in Tennessee now. And uh, my wife at the time and me and actually I should say before she saw this with me, um, I was on my way home from work and uh, I'm stopped at a stoplight. And um, I looked up in the sky, and I swear, it looked like there was a a skyscraper is the only way I can describe it. I know people say they see a cigar-like cylinder-like, you know, something. But this thing was straight up in the air like a pillar, like a monolith almost. Really, And it was it had to been massive because it was so far away from us and so high in the sky that I could still see it with such clarity. And that it was so large from where um, my viewpoint was, it had to have been huge. And I had to believe other people were seeing it, but I wasn't going to get out of my car and start telling people to look at a UFO. I could have been It could have been a plane. It could have been, because I know planes sometimes can look like they're standing still in air. I had my own doubts about it. So I I couldn't just start saying, Hey, everybody, there's something in the sky up there. I didn't didn't want to do that. But then I saw the same thing for a week straight every day. When I would come home, I would see it in the same part of the sky and it was just this giant the metal almost pillar. And it's not, I couldn't make out anything on it. It was so far away. I say it's giant because it was still so visible. It had to have been huge, but I saw it for a week straight. And then one time in that week, the last day that I saw it, me and my wife, she was with me and I pointed it out to her and I showed it to her and she saw it too. And then it made me feel a little bit better about it. Yeah. Because then it wasn't just me seeing something by myself trying to tell people I saw a UFO or just something I didn't know. Man. But yeah, she saw the same thing I saw. And I sent a video to my mother at the time of of the thing. I tried to get as close as I could to it. And uh, since then, she says that she doesn't have the video. And I've, I've tried to recover it from her. And I don't have the phone I originally took the recording on. The only thing I have is... My other witness, and I, you know, I'm so glad she was there because I would have never told anybody the story if mm-hmm. she hadn't been with me. Man, and it was in the same area for a full week. For a full week, every day I'd get off work at 4 p.m. exactly. I'd hit that light about 10 after 4, and every day it was in the same part of the sky. The wow. same part of the sky.
0: That is wild. Did. did you hear any other reports from people in that area? Did you did you try to find to see if anybody? else... So could...
1: I wasn't into to. I, I wasn't into any of that stuff at the time. I right. definitely wouldn't have gone out on my way to tell anybody, but I don't recall ever hearing any reports from anyone that they there was um, any UFO sightings. Now we live really close to a military base, right. so at first I just thought it was something that I just I d- was misunderstanding. Maybe it was a weather balloon. Maybe it was just something I had never seen before, but was had a natural explanation. But to see it for a week straight in the same place is what really threw me off. Man, that is incredible. Then, and like I said, my wife saw it with me, and that really helped kind of make me not feel like I was losing my mind. At least, I, you know, she didn't know what it was either. And she's right. more logically sound in mind than i am as far as she does she doesn't entertain any of this stuff no ufos no 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 otherworldly anything until oh. this day she still says i have no idea what that was
0: really did, yeah the did it did it open your all you know that did it, did it open your mind up a little bit more to the to the unexplained when you saw this or is it just like that must be an anomaly i'm just not it seeing is- it right
1: my opinion greatly because then i i like i said i became a very science based logical thinking person and i just that didn't fit within my paradigm of what things i should be able to see in the sky and you should never see anything like that That's not normal so it started to kind of chip away at this wall i had built and then the last thing that, or the last event that ever took place was kind of what made everything just kind of to crumble, the whole wall I had built as a, just a, as an adult, thinking I understood the world around me yeah. and the things that were going on. And it also made me, you know, find my, my faith in God again. You know, everyone has their own religion and their own faith, and I'm not trying to diminish anyone, but the last event that took place was so unique and was just something that happened to me that I, I, I couldn't explain it. There was no logical explanation. So I I just, I felt like the things I knew about the world definitely uh, weren't what I thought. I, I don't know any other way to put it. It just, I didn't know as much as I thought I did.
0: Right.
1: And well, that there was maybe something going on more than what I'd read in books.
0: Are you willing to share that that account? What what happened? Yeah, I
1: mean, it's it's not very spooky. It's not. There's not a lot of action to it. It's very simple. But um, we had moved in a house here in Tennessee, an older home. It's it's about seventy years old. So, me and my youngest uh, son were sleeping on the couch. We did this just about every night because he, for some reason, just loves sleeping on the couch. So I'd curl up there with him on the couch. and We'd go to bed Well, one night. And um, I remember it so vividly. And I even looked at the clock and the time when I got up. The only thing I can't explain is why I acted the way I did. And I, I guess I'll get to it. I I got up to get a drink. My son's laying on the couch still. I walk into the kitchen, and as I'm walking back to the living room to go lay down with him, there's a small light in this in the room just right above him. It's like the size of a of a softball, but mm-hmm. uh, like a soft candlelight and it's, its own light source though, because all the lights are off, the windows are shut. I tried to explain it away as soon as i saw it, because i was like well there's got to be some light coming in from a street light or something right or something's on or but i checked the windows i tried to maneuver as much as i could around this thing to to look at what it was and it, I, I could not find a light source and the feeling i got was that it it was not interested in me at all. It had no interest. It it was there. I believe for my son and what it wanted with him. I do not know. Um, It was, this is where it gets really weird because I I took a picture whenever I saw that thing in the sky and I sent a video to my mother. Cause I, I always said I would grab my phone or grab a camera if I ever saw anything. And I can't explain the way why I acted the way I did, but I went and laid back down with my son, and I can't honestly recall anything that happened after I laid down with him. I don't know if I went back to sleep. I don't know. If, I I have no idea. All I know is I saw this thing, and I know people call them orbs and stuff but it didn't move it didn't it didn't do anything it just gave me this feeling that it wasn't there for me and it had no interest in me whatsoever and i didn't try to touch it i didn't try to get my camera i do remember the time when i got up was 3 a.m. so it was about 3 in the morning and as i was making my way back i saw that thing and for the life of me i don't know why i didn't wake up anybody in the house i don't know why it it doesn't make sense the way i acted did not make
0: sense.
1: right? But I don't know. It did not seem to be interested in me. And I, like I said, I really felt like it was there for my son or if, if, for some reason. And I don't know what that is. But that event changed my paradigm and my thinking of, of what reality is completely. And I honestly, from that moment on, I started to pray again. I started to, you know, I guess practice my own... <laughs> brand of of Christianity you know I believe in Jesus Christ and that's uh you know like I said everybody's open to their own interpretation and if you hear the story and you call BS I, I do the same thing too if somebody told me these stories any one of them I would my BS meter would go through the charts I probably wouldn't talk to you again I'd probably a part of me old me would have been like that guy's crazy Don't don't talk to that guy it, it, but I've heard so many other people's stories now that I just feel like there's somebody out there that's had something similar happen. I guarantee. And I I want them to know they're not alone.
0: Uh, I appreciate you sharing that. And, you know, that last story about, okay, with this orb or this energy, whatever you want to call it, first of all, um, the time of night, three o'clock, that is when everything seems to happen, man. I don't know what it is. They call it the witching hour or whatever, but that's got a lot of connections. Um, The fact that you turn around and went back to bed. Yeah, that is is exactly what happens every time though.
1: And I've heard stuff like that. And I always say to myself, that doesn't sound believable. I would get my camera. I'd wake somebody up and I did none of those things. I live with five other people I mean, they're, they're all my kids and my wife, but I didn't get a single person. I went why would I go back to sleep after seeing something so honestly scary to me? That's scary to me. That's terrifying. And I wasn't scared. I wasn't terrified. The only thing I felt was like I was kind of seeing something I wasn't supposed to, but it wasn't meant for me.
0: Right. So
1: I, I have no idea.
0: Yeah, and it must not have been a threat, or you know that fatherly instinct probably would have overridden any kind of fear. Um, yeah,
1: I mean the, yeah, I can't even tell you what was going through my head to 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 want to just lay back down. Um, yeah, I d- didn't get that that instinct to save my son or like he was in danger. It was just kind of like it it just had no interest in me. I mean, I I don't know how to describe it,
0: man. That's an incredible story, though, man. That's an incredible thing to witness, you know. I. So what what do you think that was? Like, if you, I'm sure you've given thought to it. What What do you think was going on? So, my uh,
1: my wife is uh, from Puerto Rico. She's she's Puerto Rican, and she, uh, in her culture, the local Tiano people, the native people to that area believed in gods with a little g and gods with a big g so these gods with the little g from my understanding and i'm talking out of school here just stuff that i've read and things that i've been told that they these little gods or these minor gods would come out of the ocean and they appeared to be like a light source like a ball of energy and I, I don't know whether they did good or bad or whether were they're malevolent or what. I, I don't know any of that. But the only other explanation I could think of was that it was ball lightning. And that didn't make any sense to me because it didn't move. It didn't dissipate. The weather was normal that night. I I have no idea. I've tried to explain it to myself so that I could feel better about being in my home because I was like, that had to be ball lightning. And I didn't want to tell anybody that story for the longest time because I was like, they're going to think you're, you're losing your mind. (laughs) They're going to lock you up, man. They're going to lock you up. You got to stop. Just keep it to yourself. And after a while I couldn't explain it away. And I had to tell my wife and uh, she told me that, that story and I did a little bit of research online you know as much as you can do and and I you know it it sounded eerily similar and I and I don't know what that is you know maybe that's just the explanation they had for it
0: right right has has there been any other instances inside this home that made you think maybe something paranormal's going on
1: well i mean we moved in and i didn't try to feed into it too much but my my daughter would tell me late at night she would hear sound like somebody dropped a weight upstairs in the in the upstairs bedroom and I just tell her it was you know pipes or the house settling it's late at night you know you don't know then one night me and my wife sitting in the living room and it sounds like somebody and I grew up on a farm so I'm going to use the term that I knew which is a heavy old tractor weight Sound like somebody dropped that tractor weight upstairs. It was the loudest that my whole house got. And I went upstairs and my kids are dead asleep. And that is the only other thing that that I can think of that ever happened. Yeah. It's wild. It's wild how this stuff goes
0: on because I think every bit of it's connected, Sean. I I
1: think it's all... I think so too, brother. I think it all is. And once I started praying again, though, honestly, it all stopped. I didn't burn any sage. I didn't go get a, you know, good witch or a voodoo doctor. I just started praying again and it stopped. Yeah. So that, that told me that whatever I was doing was the right thing to keep doing. So I pray every night. now.
0: Well, good, good. Cause you know, honestly, um, and people, like you said, people are open, they can believe whatever they want, but when, when you pray, you know, the, the name of Jesus Christ has so much power, like, even if you don't fully believe in it. Yeah. What, what the protect, what protection you're looking for, whatever is against you, it does believe in the name of Jesus Christ. So hey, it, it's I subjected that. to that power, you know, it, it's subjected to that authority. So just keep praying uh, if you're in fear, pray. If you're curious, pray. And I, I think that you yeah. can't go wrong with it. You know what I mean? It's not gonna. Yeah.
1: Happen. I mean, the way I looked at it was, let's say, let's say if it's just energy and all those people that believe in that same thing and that positive energy, if it has a positive effect, why not do it? If yeah. I'm having these negative experiences or the way I viewed them, they weren't positive. They stop. You know, as soon as that happens.
0: Yeah. It's a, there's a reason. And people can call it energy. They can call it, you know, uh, oneness or they can call it God, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I know what I call it, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's all connected either way. Even that skyscraper yeah. in the sky, man. Uh,
1: that, I never would have thought any of that, that was connected until honestly just listening to other people and how that it all kind of happens very close to one another, yes, and that it makes me i don't know it makes me almost more uncomfortable <laughs> than anything is that it's all so interconnected
0: yeah it, it's scary it's scary, but you know you have your faith you can take comfort in so that, yeah. that's a wonderful exactly. thing now what did this skyscraper look like? did it look like a literal building or did it look like an obelisk did it, it look it, like was there windows? I wouldn't, known, I wouldn't have known at the time what an obelisk was
1: but now I I know what one is just because I've I've done so much reading on the internet. It, it looked like a monolith or an obelisk. And if it had windows, I wouldn't have been able to see them, man. It it was so far away, but it was so damn big that I could see it. And it was just so large that I I was impressed with the fact that it was so close to the sun, so far away from me that I could still see it. That it was massive. But it looked like just a pillar, a solid metal pillar in the sky, straight up, not moving, not on its side, not you know, didn't have any wings, nothing, just straight up.
0: Yeah. Well, let me ask you this too, and it it's something that I, I know you don't have an answer for it, but what made you look up there? I, man, I'll be
1: honest with you, it was just in my so where I was. The way I was at the stoplight, it was just the it just happened to be the elevation that I was at, it was right in my line of sight. I wow. would I wasn't looking for anything. Yeah. I wasn't looking for a damn thing. I can't say that I felt anything that told me to look up. Yeah. I've heard people say, you know, I just had it I didn't have a hunch. I'm a real plain guy. Yeah. I don't, <laughs> I done never wanted any of that kind of stuff <laughs> to happen to me. But once I saw it, I looked for it every damn day. Yeah saw it for a week straight. And that's what honestly made the wheels in my head start turning. I was like, well, this can't be a plane. It's not going to be in the same place every day. It can't be a weather balloon because it's going to move. And then I said to myself, well, you can't tell anybody about this because they're not going to believe you. You're just going to be another guy with a crazy story. And then I lucked out. And my, you know, my missus, just she happened to be there. And I said, do you see that? And she said, what the hell is that? And we sat there longer at the light. People were honking at us to move because we couldn't believe what we were seeing.
0: Yeah. I'm glad you got to see it. And I'm glad you shared all this with me, man. I I appreciate it.
1: I appreciate you, man. Honestly, uh, if it wasn't for uh, coming across your your podcast, I probably never would have shared this story with anybody. I just, you remind me of people that I grew up with from my area. And I was like, well, if I'm going to talk to anybody, it's probably going to be this guy.
0: (laughs) i appreciate that brother i really do
1: yeah you put all good vibes man i mean i've heard you talk to people and you're very respectful and i was like well you know if there's a chance that i can actually tell somebody maybe they've seen the same thing or had a similar experience you know this is it so
0: yeah well thank you so much We'll, we'll put it out there and see hopefully we'll get some feedback maybe somebody else was out there in the area and they they saw something like that too or Maybe. Maybe
1: I'm wrong. Maybe they can tell me what it was and it's just a natural thing because I would much rather that be the truth, to be honest with you. I'd much rather that.
0: I don't think that's going to be the case, man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so. Either. There's things that I could, I could believe it could be explained away, like somebody telling me that it's just an optical illusion or something like that. You know what? I could believe that. If you could tell me why an optical illusion sticks around for a week, yeah. yeah. But the light that I saw in my house, that's that's the one that just broke the camel's back, man. I just – I can't – I couldn't explain the way if I wanted to, and I tried. I tried with the ball of lightning. I tried to read about it, and everything I read, it just didn't add up.
0: Yeah. You know, my my daughter had a – when she was – about, I don't know how old your son was at that time, but when my daughter was just turning five, I had moved back home to West Virginia, and You know, I was just moving into uh, my grandmother's old trailer that she had, you know, she had left to me at the time. Uh, She had just passed away at the same time I was getting out. It was just like a big cluster of bad stuff at the house. But anyway, I get my daughter up there with me and I get her in her new bedroom and I tuck her in for the night and I go check on her in the morning. I ask her if she was scared or whatever, and she said no. Um, that the white man had come to her and told her that everything was going to be okay. You know, and I asked her, I was "Like, what do you mean, the white man?" And she said, "He was just glowing, like he was just light." You know, and I took that as a wonderful thing. You know,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Um, she I was mean, just four. And, and so, if, if this light is visiting your son, you know, maybe it was somebody, you know, just watching over him for you, and maybe that's why you didn't have to fear. You know.
1: I I take it is uh, honestly now, the more I try to contextualize it, I think that I think it was a sign from God. You know, I, I I don't know what people believe, but I think it was, maybe it was a a relative or his guardian angel. If you believe in any of that. And I don't know if I do, but I honestly believe it was a sign of some proportion to push me in the direction to get back into my faith. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's, yeah i don't know man i know i mean your your guess is as good as mine
0: yeah yeah i'm i'm glad you had that experience I, i'm glad it led you where it did and i'm glad it led yeah, you to man. me and you know i love talking to you it's been great getting there
1: yeah, i appreciate it man i really do i'm i appreciate you giving me the time to tell you Absolutely. you know hopefully hopefully somebody can
0: relate yeah yeah i look forward to hearing some feedback for it but is, is there anything oh, yeah. else is there anything else you want to go into before we uh hop off here for the day
1: Man, I I tell you what, I I had one more experience mm-hmm. that I don't share often because it. Um, I'll be honest with you, it, it was on my my journey of trying to figure out all of this stuff, but it was just a dream, and I uh, it it did happen after I saw this light, mm-hmm. um, and I and I'll be quick about it. I won't I won't mm-hmm. take up much more of your time, but. And it was a dream. I mean, I know I was asleep, but the the implications and the the power of the dream really was the final push that really was like, yeah, man, you need to start praying to Jesus Christ again and getting back into your religion. And that was probably a week or two after I saw that light, I had a dream that I was sitting in my basement where me and my my wife would go down there and we'll budget and we'll go over the bills and whatnot. But I was by myself and there were three black entities with no no feature none at all i couldn't make out any features besides around their eyes where their eyes would be were almost like pieces of jade you know the green i don't know that green rock i don't know which what to call it but it's probably the closest thing i can think and they they almost froze me in time in that dream state. And I, like I said, it was a dream. I wasn't awake, it was nothing like that. But the fear that came over me in that moment was so strong. And I just wanted them to get away from me. And it was almost like they were poking and prodding me like they had never seen anything like this before. But the energy wasn't good. I could tell whatever it was, it was not a good experience. Like they didn't mean well by what they were doing or what they wanted to do to me and as I was just begging for this experience to stop the only thing that stopped that experience was me calling out the name of Jesus Christ me begging Jesus for to save me in that moment stopped that experience it just stopped that very moment and that's that's the only thing I can think of man and I like I said that that was definitely a dream but that was that was it I was like all right well, I see where I need to go. I see where this has led me. And it's led me down a path back to, you know, to my religion.
0: I love it. I love it. It's the scariest stuff in the world, man. But that's a spiritual attack. You know, that's,
1: you know what, that's the best thing I've ever, ever heard to describe it. It was, it was like a spiritual attack. It was like, whatever they intended to do to me, was not good. And I could feel it from out the gate and I would beg them to stop what they were doing. And they were almost mocking me like I was a child. They had no, no empathy for me in this situation. But once I called out to Jesus Christ and I said, I beg for Jesus to help me, It was like the energy was so strong that they had to back away and then they just dissipated.
0: Yep. And that was that. They don't have a choice. You know, I,
1: guess, man. <laughs> I don't know, even if it was just a dream, I, that dream was strong enough that I was like, yeah, this, this is the path, brother. This is where you need to be going. Yeah. Whatever you're doing now ain't right. <laughs> you know, get right with God. because <laughs> There's some signs, man.
0: Yeah, buddy. And I, I'm so glad that, you know, I know it's scary, but I'm glad it happened. You know, I'm, I'm glad that it's taking you where it's taking you yeah. to.
1: Yeah, I would. I mean, at the time, probably for about a month after it happened. I mean, I'm a grown man and I had trouble going to bed at night. It, yeah. w- it was terrifying to think that that was going to happen again. Yeah. So I just kept on praying and um, I, I wouldn't change it for the world, man. Like I said, it it brought me full circle back to where I needed to be.
0: Well, thank God for that. I love it. I love
1: it. I got no more stories for you. I, I won't take up any more
0: of your time. <laughs> Hey, You're good. So I, I, I appreciate you, man, so much.
1: Uh,
0: I'll, I'll send you a link whenever the show goes out. And uh, thanks, man. Thank you.
1: Yeah, no problem. No, thank you, man. I, you really are a great resource. I think for people, you know, I don't know about everybody that you talk to, how serious they are or not. You know, it's it's hard telling. I can't call BS and other people's stories anymore. Cause I've got too many stories to be like, Oh, that's bullshit. But you're, you know, you're doing, you're doing the Lord, the work, man. Just being there for people that are going through this stuff. So, you know, I appreciate you. I do, man.
0: Right, thank you so much for that. You know, that's, that's all I want to do is I want to help people out. You know what I mean?
1: You're doing the right thing, man. You keep doing it.
0: Thanks brother. Hey Sean, you have a good day. A uh, good weekend. Happy Martin Luther King day. Amen. And, uh, I'll, I'll leave you alone so you can take Thank care you. of that boy inside.
1: <laughs> All right, man. God bless. You take care.
0: And God bless. All right. That's it for this week, guys. I hope you enjoyed listening to the show. If you just have to have more content, you can go to patreon.com slash the bump podcast and subscribe and be a patron. Uh, got more and more content on there every week. So I hope you enjoy that. Uh, to catch up on past episodes, go to the bump Click the episode tab, and it'll take you to any episode you want to listen to. Also, if you want to be on the show, I would love to have you on. Share your story with us. Go to bumppodcast.com, Click the holler at me button and holler at me. Send me an email, thebumppodcast at gmail.com, and uh, I'll get you on as fast as we can. All right. Again, thanks for listening. I love you guys. Until next time, don't stop believing.